So the hate, just let it go Sit back, relax, enjoy the show This is me forever, man, you better let them know I'ma live forever, man, you better let them know I'm just getting better, so the hate, just let it go Sit back, relax, enjoy the show This is me forever, me forever, me forever let me just take one last sip of water before we get into this. <clears throat> mic check. Mic check. Mic, mic, mic. Yo. Hey. Welcome to V Forever Podcast. This is your host, V, and you are on the V Forever Podcast. Thank you for finding me. Thank you for listening. I hope you are subscribing. If you're not subscribing, subscribe through Apple Podcast and Spotify. Find me on Instagram at V Forever Network. Find me on Twitter at Young V Forever. Email me. Email me for business inquiries at YoungVForever at gmail.com and subscribe to the YouTube channel V Forever. Every single one of those is V, the number four, just like the podcast is spelled. And Young is spelled Y U N G. Let's get it popping. Let's just get a problem. Let's just go straight into it, honestly, because this is the um, if you listen to the hip hop conversation, I got some good feedback from that. You know what I'm saying? Because we because we all love hip hop. Right. So everybody who loves hip hop liked what we were talking about there. But this conversation is going to be centered around something that <clears throat> is similar to hip hop. And actually, it is. It actually is very similar to hip hop when you think about it. Because it it kind of goes with the title of this episode. Because the title of this episode will be Everyone is a Mark. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you're looking at the title. I, I don't know why I said will be. That's That was very unprofessional. Everyone is a Mark. And I'm going to explain that right now. And, and it, didn't even, it doesn't even just go into hip-hop. It goes into everything in life. Everyone is a Mark. Yes, that term... Although it is said in other places, it is popularized in the wrestling community, and that is what we're going to talk about. This is kind of a subculture at this point. Well, it's been a subculture. Like, well, hip-hop community is a subculture, too, but this is a subculture that's kind of been bastardized. Like, it's been, like, relegated to, like, almost juggalo status, probably because the the fans of this are usually juggalos too like you'll you'll meet juggalos and there's no way the juggalo you met doesn't love professional wrestling like <clears throat> god bless you all you know what i'm saying cuz i cuz i love you guys cuz we make this thing uh, th- this thing of ours i don't know why i said it like that that didn't even sound like jersey we all saw sopranos this thing of ours um i love you all but Pro wrestling fans are are almost at a subhuman level. Um, that's a, but that we don't need to get into that right now. We're talking about wrestling, and the first thing that I want to do because this is part three of part four of the four part um, origin story of V Forever. Before we get into the nitty gritty, this is me talking about the things that I love um, because. Let's get to know each other, you know what I'm saying? And if you um and if you agree with the things that I say and if you have a a story of your own through any of the topics we've discussed in this 
a four-part fiasco, which might become a five-part, but it won't be more than five <clears throat> because probably comic book, comic book movies or just cinema in general will be the next episode. But if you agree with any of the things I said, if you, if you feel some type of way, don't um, hesitate to email youngvforever at gmail.com and just tell me what it is. I'll probably start um, reading emails out loud in the podcast. And um, I guess rate it on Apple Podcasts, too. Give me a five star. Or, yeah, no, give me a five star. I was going to say whatever star you feel. But just give me that five star and add a comment to it. Say if you do or don't like what I'm talking about in these topics. But how can we start a podcast about pro wrestling without talking about my introduction to pro wrestling? Um, where do I start from here? Because honestly, one of my earliest memories, and it's, it's faded, it's faded to the point where I don't know if it was a dream was honestly, I remember seeing Bret Hart on the TV. Um, I don't know how old I was. One of my earliest memories is Bret Hart. Uh, some other early memories is me wearing a vest and walking out in the living room like I was stone cold and the family just like cheering me on kind of thing. I remember that. This is a very early memories. Um, <clears throat> so I can't say that I, I don't know my introduction to pro wrestling because it's always been there. Like it's something that's always been around for me. Like... I mean, it was one of my earlier, earliest memories, and I guess I came in during the Attitude Era, really, because I was, uh, I was one of those fans in the 2000s. I mean, the 98, 99, 2000, and on. I mean, it, technically, it ended in like 03, but we're gonna go into that too. Um, yeah. I was introduced to wrestling in the Attitude Era because I was born in 95, um, and that's it. That was my introduction to it, and that's why I feel like I'm, I don't think I'm a casual fan. I'm not watching it as much anymore. I go through a phase where I'm watching it, then I get tired of it, and then WrestleMania comes around, then I'm in again. Uh, during the pandemic, things got really weird because of the the no fans so it really looked weird the product was weird and now they have the thunderdome which is like lcd or le um yeah led leds of uh fans kind of thing like it just it's live fans but they're not really live and then they they piped in the audio like they just added cheering audio and that's just crazy like honestly it is weird, but I have been watching SmackDown lately. Roman Reigns is a beast. He's like the best thing going on in wrestling. Uh, and that's no slight to AEW because I do recognize other companies. AEW um, started between rich guy Tony Khan, Cody Rhodes, son of Dusty Rhodes, um, Kenny Omega from Japan. He's not from Japan. He's Canadian, but he wrestled in Japan. He was like, these are like some of the top people 
from Japan came together, made a wrestling company in the United States, and like it's been going. They have Chris Jericho, one of my favorites. He's definitely top ten. We'll talk about my top fives, but yeah. So I can't say that I'm outside looking in because I do watch SmackDown. Raw is trash right now, but I've always been a SmackDown guy, and that is my resume. I my peak fandom is ruthless aggression era, and that's gonna show. Uh, which and that was like oh three to like oh seven oh eight. There was a specific events that you know the the attitude era was done. So we'll get into that. But I wanted to get the bad stuff out the way first because I want I love I love wrestling. I love this, and and because I love it, I want to talk about the good more than the bad and so i have some bad things that i wanted to talk about the first thing that i really hate about pro wrestling has to be the fans um not even outside opinions you know what i'm saying like it's the fans that get to me because um social in this social media era the fans have contributed to like killing wrestling like I say everyone's a mark, and I think I'll explain this. I think I should just explain it right now because we're in the topic of pro wrestling fans and how on social media they talk about, oh, um, the creative team isn't doing the right thing with, um, let's just say, who aren't they doing a good thing with? Uh I, I, I would imagine that most of the people listening right now don't follow wrestling. Or, and maybe I'll be the conduit to maybe you getting into wrestling because this is a good thing. This is this is a this is top notch stuff. This is a this is a history. This thing of ours, like this thing of ours, is this is good stuff. But someone who isn't really where they should be, Finn Balor, he's great on NXT, but. When he was in the main roster on Raw and SmackDown, NXT is like the developmental show, but it's not really because it's like, it's really good. It's like underground wrestling. Um, Finn Balor, people on Twitter saying, uh, the WWE creative team isn't doing the right job with Finn Balor. He should easily be intercontinental champ and then uh, WWE heavyweight champ or universal champ by uh, the end of this year. And the, the way that they're not pushing him right now, they're not giving him the push. And I really hate it. And honestly, it, it, you probably cringed while hearing me say that. But that's because it is cringy. It is cringy the way wrestling fans talk about wrestling. There's a thing called kayfabe. Kayfabe is a, uh, it's the it's the theater of it all. That is my definition of kayfabe. The theater, the th- theatrical side of wrestling. Um, explanation: Hulk Hogan rivalry with Macho Man Randy Savage. <clears throat> they really didn't like each other in real life, but even if they didn't. You would not know that they were friends. If they were best friends, um, it, you know what? No, no, no. We won't go into that because this is we're getting into the top five. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting excited about it. I'm getting excited about it. I'm getting excited about it. But if we're talking about Macho Man and Hulk Hogan, this is kayfabe. Any interview you go to, whether it's about wrestling or not, you could go to GQ Magazine, 
Macho Man is saying, I hate this guy, Hulk Hogan. <clears throat> Let me do this voice again. I hate this guy, Hulk Hogan, yeah, because he's the slime ball of the wrestling community, yeah. And that's my that's my uh, Macho Man. Rest in peace, you already know that. That was actually pretty good, 10 out of 10. Uh, he's not going in and talking good about Hulk Hogan saying, we're going to put on a great show, me and him work well together, and we're just magic in the ring, and the creative team really gives us the best promos, and uh, and we say just magical things when we're together. Backstage, we have a brew, and then we act like we hate each other. That is not, that would be K, that would be ending kayfabe. And that's how it is nowadays. Uh, wrestling, you it isn't even really characters anymore. It's It's first name, last names. There's no... The animal hawk, like the road warriors. There's no um, well, Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Like, well, no, no, he he, he might have been one of the introductions of that. I mean, old school wrestling was a bunch of first names and last names because they didn't care about characters as much. But as like as Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, um, the Ultimate Warrior, people became caricatures, and that's what made wrestling crazy like stone cold steve austin was first name last name but stone cold was the rattlesnake the 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 toughest sob in the wwe um the people's champion the most electrifying man in sports entertainment history the rock like you didn't call him the rock dwayne johnson or dwayne the rock johnson in the wwe he was the rock and anytime you saw him outside he was acting he kind of like had an elvis shtick when he was like like he kind of had like that going on because he had the sideburns and all and like the shirt and the but the rock acted like the rock a good example of kayfabe the undertaker the man even when he was a biker he acted like the undertaker he acted like that character inside and outside of the ring this is kayfabe and this is what's wrong with the fans um they come to the terms with a smark this is a, a smart mark. And this is when I introduce you to the word mark. <clears throat> and I'll introduce it to you with a story. Because this is historical. Wrestling comes from the circus. Uh, in every way. Uh, well, literally in every way. Because it literally comes from the circus. These guys are circus freaks. Um, they go from town to town. They start beating each other up in a wrestling ring. And then there's a guy. Okay, no, actually, they don't just beat each other up. Here's the scenario, and this is where you find what a mark is. We've got Big Boy Joe in the ring right now. He's beating up all of these people who are also wrestlers. They're all carnies, right? He's beating up guy after guy, pinning them one, two, three. The crowd is booing him, and he says, Big Joe goes, all of you freaks. You got nothing on me, Pip Squeaks. Let me, let me kill one of your hometown heroes. So he, so he, he wants somebody in the crowd to raise their hands so he can wrestle them. Uh, he picks out somebody in the crowd. Oh, what do you know? It's the football. It's the high school Hall of Famer um, with the Letterman jacket, Johnny Calavante. He was a, a wide receiver in the college, uh, in high school. He's going in, and he certainly can destroy Big Joe, Joey. I forgot what I said his name was. Big Boy Joe. Um, what do you know? Uh, they start wrestling. Uh, 
wide receiver guy is beating the crap out of Big Boy Joe, but at the end, Big Boy Joe beats him. During that match, the crowd is all into it. They think uh, Joey Calavani is going to beat him, and sure enough, Big Boy Joe pulls out the stops and somehow wins. Everybody's pissed. Who's the mark in this situation? Well, the crowd's the mark. This is where it comes from. Because you didn't know that this Joey Calavani guy, he was pre he was picked out. He was picked out from the crowd on purpose because backstage these carnies had a deal with the guy. Hey, you're in on this. You don't tell anybody. Remember this thing of ours. You don't tell anybody you're in on this. You don't tell anybody this was predetermined. You're gonna act like you like you. You're a hometown hero. You you came from this high school. Uh, you graduated here in college, and you're gonna defend your hometown because you're the hometown hero. But you're gonna lose. And everybody's going to give us the money. Here's your cut of the money after the money comes in. That's the mark. The crowd's the mark. Um, Because at the end of the day, it's about the money. The term smart mark comes from freaks that say a smart mark is someone who knows that it's an educated person. Like, Like me saying everything right now. If I were to call myself a smart mark, although stupid, I would be, uh, I would pretty much be part of that community that, that say they're a smart mark. Guys that are behind the scenes and think they know everything that's happening. And when they see a match, they're like, oh, that was well rehearsed. Oh, oh the creative team really shined on that one. Oh, uh, this is good. Uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's downright cringy, man. At its best. And the thing is, <laughs> at the, and, and the problem is, is that the product, it has always been for children to young adults. I mean, it's been for everyone, always. It's always been for everyone. But it it became a time now because of social media, because I'm sure it's always been this way, where adults are complaining about the product in such a way, like it's too childish. Wow. Like just a, a pay-per-view ago, there were zombies in in the wrestling ring and they were biting people and people were pissed about it but this is this is wrestling like are we just gonna ignore that the undertaker was not really a dead guy this whole time like he acted like he was dead and then he comes back as a biker for a couple years and then he dies again and now he's dead for real like this guy died like three times like and we're gonna we're gonna pretend that this this wasn't this was real or this wasn't fake but we complain about uh, other things now because we're so educated in wrestling. That's what I hate about wrestling fans. That's just what I hate. Uh, people who just don't, I don't know. Like me, I complain about things. One of the things that I complain about the product is there's too many There's too many camera angles. Like back in the day, the wrestling used to be, it was like a fixed camera. And every now and then they changed the camera like for... If somebody's jumping off the top rope, you pan the camera out kind of thing. You make it look higher. You give excitement. You show the crowd. But now it's it looks like a movie, and I don't like that. Back then, it used to look like a boxing match. If you watch the boxing match, how the camera is in that certain view that you see all of that action in, this is because that's the meat and potatoes to me. I do love the drama because at its best, uh, it is high drama and high excitement but it is obviously it's predetermined and it's and you can almost kind of tell who's gonna win but you don't care and you don't even really think about it when you love it because you just want to enjoy it right 
and it's fighting it at, at its best it is a fight and so it looks like a fight and that's something i complain about so i'm gonna check that off of what i hate about it but yeah pro wrestling fans that's like uh that's the main thing that i hate about pro wrestling and other than that obviously the outside opinions that people have about pro wrestling um it's fake the old uh I used to I used to watch it. Then I found out it was fake. Why do you watch that? It's fake. Uh, what's wrong with you? It's fake. Yeah, I used to watch that. But then I turned ten. <laughs> no, that's actually good. That was actually a good one. That's actually a good one. When y'all get that off, that's actually good. But you watch movies. You watch anime. You watch your parents' marriage. <laughs> How are you going to tell me wrestling's fake as if everything in entertainment is real? You've seen the Kardashians. Let me do a... Not only is the Kardashian show fake, but so is everything else in their face. That was actually... That was really corny. <laughs> that was really bad. I, sh- I could have had a different punchline on that. I could I should have put more thought into that. But that's what I... That's kind of what I don't like about outsider opinion. Um, and that's why I think everyone's a mark because even the people who hate on wrestling, they're not marks for wrestling. They're marks for other things. This is where hip hop comes in. You're a mark. If you believe that everybody that's rapping has killed 2 million people because they say they've killed 2 million people, this is their marketing strategy. Um, you are the mark. You are the person buying their product, and you are the person buying into their product. You are the mark. Um, this is, And it's not a bad thing to be a mark. I'm a mark for wrestling. I really am. I'm a mark for certain elements of hip-hop. I'm, I mean, I'm a mark, as sad as this is, I'm a mark in the, in the essence that hip-hop was about unity, having a good time, uh, a spirituality within the music. Um, like there was a there there's these three elements of unity, education, uh, spirituality in there, uh, and having a good time, talent, um, just having fun with it, just being real about it, um, and I'm a mark for that, and I'm not I'm not a mark for for this uh for these other guys, uh, these personalities, these internet rappers basically, I'm not a mark for that, but everybody's a mark for something we're, we're all marks wow i just got a wow that was rude but yeah i got an email randomly anyway that's all i don't like about it because now i want to talk about my five favorite wrestlers and i want to talk about my five favorite matches and th- and this is this is why this episode isn't going to be as long as the um the the, the hip-hop episode because I don't I don't want you guys to sit through this. I want because I don't know if you guys feel pained to listen to me talk about something that you probably don't care about. But this is something that might be part of it. So hopefully if you like pro wrestling, you're going to you're going to really like this. And if you like my picks, honestly, I want everybody to send me their five favorite wrestlers and their five favorite um, matches. Honestly, I want you all to think about that and send that send that to the email. Y'all know the email by now. Just send that to the email because. I really want to hear what you guys have. Or just DM it on my Instagram or Twitter. Either way, I don't I really don't care. Just uh find a way to do that. 
And I'm going to work on that email because I want it to turn into a, a mailing list because it's a little clunky to talk to a podcast. That's why I'm, I'm going to get the YouTube out. And eventually this is going to be a, a video version. I'm trying to work out these kinks, the kinks here, because everything's I'm trying to make everything work out smoothly as I roll it along so that it's easier for people to digest this stuff. So the video version is coming soon and it's going to be nice and we're all going to be getting along. And we're going to be a huge cult that spreads across the from sea to shining sea. And we're we're all going to drink the Kool-Aid together and and live forever. Anyway, that was (laughs) anyway, my top. Let me just say top five favorite wrestlers. Now, let me say the matches first, because I think when you talk about the match, um. It's less for me, it's less of an attachment to talk about the match than the wrestler. And I think that people care more about the wrestler than the match. So I want to talk about the matches first. My favorite, my top five matches and every wrestling fan listening right now, you can suck the back of my toe if you if you have a problem with my take, because you are all freaks and think you're elite because you uh, know the backstage stuff and the politics of wrestling. And you think you're smarter than to think somebody is cool because of this, this, and that. And you're an educated wrestling fan. You can literally suck the back of my toe. You can literally bow down to the great V and lick the heel, which I step on if you disagree. Well, if you disagree, that's fine. I was trying to cut a promo there. If you disagree, that's fine. We could talk about it. But don't try to say I'm stupid for my opinions. You can literally suck. You can suck what needs to be sucked from the back and the front. So let me drink a little. Let me sip on something because that, that actually put some strain on the throat. A little anger there. <clears throat> John Cena is not here. He's not on my list. Nothing against John Cena, he but he's not on there. I love, let me say this, before I start this off, The Undertaker is not on my list of favorite wrestlers. John Cena is not on my list of favorite wrestlers. But, and he's not on my matches either, but Undertaker is. Uh, so let's talk about number five. That was nasty. My bad, my bad. I had to burp a little bit. <clears throat> My number five, my fifth favorite match of all time, it has to be Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio, SummerSlam of 2005. Okay, that means nothing. So obviously I have to tell you why. Let's talk about it. It was the, it was the summer of 2005, and Rey Mysterio has a match with Eddie Guerrero because they always have great matches together. And so... This is a good time for everyone. Everyone loves it. The announcers are into it. And um, they're talking about how they've had classic matches, but Ray has always gotten the better of Eddie somehow. And the after this match, or during, well, the end of this match is Eddie Guerrero loses to Ray Mysterio. This is like a random episode of SmackDown. And he's just, 
he's just shaken. He's just not the same. He doesn't feel the same about this. Ray's hugging him. He gives him a kiss. They're brothers because these guys are like best friends. Eddie and Ray are best friends. This is something it's always been. They've always been best friends. Had each other's back. I mean, come on. We all know Eddie and Ray. Come on. We all know this. We all know the 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 lowrider videos or the lowrider um picture too. We all know this. Stop playing. Stop playing. We all know Ray Mysterio. We all know Eddie Guerrero. The next week, Eddie shows up and he's talking about he's he's pissed. This guy's pissed. And he's talking about how he has a secret. He has a secret about Ray. He says, Ray, I have a secret about you. And I'm, and we both know what I'm talking about. And I'm going to tell everyone. That's it. Next week, he comes back. He says, it's time to tell this secret about you. Come here. Come here, Ray. Let's talk about your son, Dominic. And he says, if... If you don't want me to tell the secret, you'll have this match with me. And and if I win, I tell the secret. If you win, I won't tell the secret. Ray Mysterio is like shook because he's like, I really don't. I really don't want nobody to find out about this. Please don't tell anybody. That next match comes the next week. And remember, wrestling's all about building. You'll be in suspense. This is like a month, because this whole rivalry is like a month and a half, two months of buildup. And it gets intense. The next week, Rey Mysterio versus Eddie. Rey Mysterio wins. Rey Mysterio wins, and everybody's happy. Eddie is not happy. <laughs> uh, Eddie's having a uh, Rey next week. He's like, he's talking. He's having a good time celebrating. The fans are celebrating. And he's with Dominic. His son, that's his son's name, his little son. He was like five years old. They're like tag team champions right now, too, in current day. So, yeah, that's what's up. Shout out to Ray. Anyway, they're ce- they're celebrating. <clears throat> Eddie comes out. He said, you remember how I promised I wouldn't tell your secret if you beat me? That's me drinking water. I lied. He tells a story about how Ray, how Ray couldn't have kids. So they borrowed some of the manhood of Eddie so that he could be the surrogate father of Ray's child. He helped them out. He helped them in a time of need because they're family and they kept it a secret. But for some reason, Eddie snapped. Eddie snapped in this case. And he said the secret. And he pulls out a paper. He says, these are custody papers. And you're coming with me, Dominic. <laughs> Dominic's like, Daddy, is he telling the truth? Daddy, is he telling the truth? And, and Ray's just so, he's crying and all that. And then Dominic runs away and goes into like the crowd and runs away. Next week, Eddie comes back on that same bull, talking about, you owe me this. You give me my child. You think he's your dad, but I'm your poppy, Dominic. I'm your poppy. <laughs> he's saying that. That's why he has that shirt that says, I am your poppy. If you if you know that classic shirt, I am your poppy. That comes from that. 
Ray comes out and says, you might have done everything in this world. And Domin- you might think Dominic is your son. And you think you have everything. But you've never beat me. And if you take Dominic, if you take Dominic, he'll know you are a loser. And if there is one thing you don't say to Eddie is that he that his wrestling skill is not top notch. This is this is the orgullo mexicano, man. This is the orgullo mexicano. Like <laughs> we all know about the orgullo mexicano. Like he's pissed. This guy's fuming. Eddie's fuming. And you got to think the way Eddie's acting, like he's manic. Like you've never seen Eddie like this. Eddie has always been, oh, I lie, I cheat, I steal, I steal your wallet. Like he's he's he acts like a like, it's stereotypical in a way, but it's not. You know, the community loves it. The Latino community loves it. The Chicano community loved it. Um, so it wasn't a problem, uh, stereotypical wise. And this was two thousand five. Like people weren't as sensitive as they are now, Mira. Like. <laughs> People weren't as sensitive as they are now, way. Like, come on. But he's acting manic. Like, this isn't the fun-loving Eddie that we all love, the one that I love. Like, put yourself in my shoes right now, man. Put yourself in my shoes. Like, I'm used like Eddie you'll you'll know. You'll know by the end of this how distraught I was. Because I'm used to this and I and I love Eddie. And he's acting crazy though. Like and he says he starts yelling though, like, "You think you're better than me?" You know what? Me and you, we'll have a ladder match on SummerSlam for custody of Dominic. <laughs> like he goes in, he he puts it all on the line, and this match was crazy. This match was great, and this was this was top tier. SummerSlam came, and these guys are fighting, and Eddie gets the best of Ray, and when he's going up to that ladder. Vicky Guerrero, his Haina, his Haina, su esposa, his wife. She goes into the ring. He's on top of the ladder. She pushes the ladder down. <laughs> she pushes that ladder down. Eddie falls to the ground. Ray comes up and he gets custody of his hijo, su chamaco, his son. <laughs> he wins. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Eddie's gone for a little while. And then he's cool again. They're cool again. <laughs> They're cool again. Because that's how it goes. That's how wrestling goes. Um, for some reason, in the wrestling universe, because the wrestling universe, think about it like it's Dragon Ball Z and Naruto universe. These people don't know each other, right? Naruto people don't know Dragon Ball Z people. In the in the wrestling universe, they have some sort of amnesia. After a certain pay-per-view and the rivalry concludes, they're like friends again. They just come back and they're just friends again. Or... They they plan on backstabbing each other whenever somebody has the title. Like they won't forget what happened, and they'll just wait till you have a title so they can backstab you again. That's just how wrestling goes. But that's <laughs> that's that's my number five. Number four, Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels in 2010, WrestleMania 26, 2010. This was career versus career. 2009, WrestleMania 25, Shawn Michaels and Undertaker gave a five star match. And, like, you know, the critics, they gave it a five-star match. And they got a Slammy Award from it. Excuse me. I keep burp. It's because I'm drinking that water. They got a Slammy Award, which is like the Grammys of wrestling. Get it? Slammy. And during, during this promotion, Shawn Michaels says, 
If I can't beat you, Undertaker, my career meant nothing. So he starts calling him out. Shawn Michaels is kind of going crazy. Uh, WrestleMania is coming up soon. He kind of ruining his relationship with Triple H. Triple H is like, your obsession with this fight is like, it's tearing everything apart. Are you really going to ruin your legacy for this? You're ruining your legacy right now just to get to The Undertaker. And Shawn Michaels is like, you don't get it, Hunter. If I can't beat The Undertaker, I don't have a legacy. <laughs> I don't have a legacy. And he goes in the ring. He challenges The Undertaker. The Undertaker says, no. He says, no. <laughs> and Undertaker's the champ. So, um, Shawn Michaels, he tries to win the Royal Rumble, but he loses the Royal Rumble. And, you know, that would have been uh, his way of fighting the undertaker because the undertaker was champ if you win the royal rumble you get to challenge whichever champ you want but he lost and so elimination chamber comes up undertaker's the champ he's defending his title and when undertaker was about to win Shawn michaels just randomly runs in the cage out of nowhere and gives him that sweet chin music he gives him that sweet chin music knocks him out and other dude won i forgot who actually uh yeah but undertaker lost the next week Undertaker comes out during Sean talking about something random and says, I accept your challenge, but if I win, wait, he says, if you win, you end the streak. And if I win, I end your career. Rest in peace. Anyway, and there it is. You're on. This is part two. Last WrestleMania was a crazy match. This WrestleMania was a crazy match. And they went at it. These guys, because Undertaker, you have to think, Undertaker was now at an age, though, where it is possible he can lose. They were both at an age where it made sense that either of them retire. They're in their mid to late 40s now. Either of them can retire now. Or, well, they were in their 40s, mid 40s, because now they're in their early 50s. Like either of them could retire at this point. They had they have a resume that is untouched, um, and they give a match this crazy. Undertaker doing a front flip out of the ring. He dives out of the ring and he misses Shawn Michaels. Like he he almost cracks his neck, bro. He lands on a ref or something or the cameraman. Like this is this is nuts. This is nonsense. These guys are doing things that old men don't do. Like Shawn Michaels does a backflip trying to get Undertaker through the announce table, and Undertaker gets out the way. Like he's doing. We're they're doing things to each other that is like this is this is crazy. And in the end, you know, Sweet Chin Music, Undertaker kicks out, Tombstone, Shawn Michaels kicks out. Everybody's like, oh, my God, who's going to take it? And uh, Shawn Michaels makes a mistake. Undertaker tombstones him. One, two, three. He's done. And, you know, in, there's a celebration of the retirement afterwards the next week, and everybody loves Shawn Michaels. And, again, we're done here. <laughs> we're done here. The rivalry's over. Like, we already fought, so let's move on. That's number four. I feel like, I hope I conveyed that in a good way. My number three would have to be, you know what? I'm doing it. It would have to be, and sorry if this is controversial in any way. It's not even controversial because we all know, we used to love this man. If you, if you were a wrestling fan, from 2001 
2007, you loved this man and you thought this man was high quality. I know that what I'm about to say is like, like, what are you talking about? But if you knew about this man from the year 2001 or I think even 2000 when he came in to 2007 when you know what? You love this man. Everything that happened was breaking your heart. This was a heartbreak. I'm talking about my third favorite match. It's Triple H versus Shawn Michaels versus Chris Benoit in WrestleMania 20 for the World Heavyweight Championship. This is my third favorite match. Listen, when Chris Benoit did what he did, I did not watch wrestling for a long time. This was heartbreaking. But I have to talk about something that was, this was heavy in my childhood. What happened was heavy in my childhood. That changed it. But Chris Benoit versus Shawn Michaels versus Triple H, this was a magical moment. How did it start? Triple H and Shawn Michaels, they had a rivalry because, and it was like 10 years in the making. Um, he wanted him gone kind of thing. Shawn Michaels or Triple H wanted him gone. He's always riding those coattails. That rivalry was good. That rivalry was good. I'm not trying to downplay it, but I'm trying to fast forward. Here comes Chris Benoit. He wins the Royal Rumble, and he wants to face Triple H. And Shawn Michaels and Triple H are talking about how they're going to face each other in WrestleMania, and this is going to be a battle of the ages. But Chris Benoit comes, and he says, you know what? You guys suck my butt because I won the Royal Rumble, and it's my time. And Shawn Michaels is like, you, well, but wait, wait, wait. This is like a 10-year rivalry, you know? Like, this is 10 years in the making. We got to do this. And he's like, I don't give a flying F. I am the crippler. I am the rabid Wolverine. Give me my title shot. You already know what it is. Shawn Michaels sweet chin musics him and signs a contract saying that he's going to be the one to face uh, Triple H instead of Chris Benoit. But then the Eric Bischoff, the general manager at the time, he says, you know what? It's a triple threat. So it's on. When I say the way <clears throat> the way I explain certain matches, it might sound like uh, like I feel like I gave more to Eddie versus Ray than I gave to Undertaker versus Shawn or that I'm giving to Triple H versus Shawn Michaels versus Chris Benoit triple threat. But it's the it's the uh, I'm also an action guy and this action was so good. This action was so good. Chris Benoit he wins, and you got to think, he's a little guy. He's like a little guy. He's a buff guy, but he's like 5'9". And the prototype for wrestlers was always like six foot and up and buff. And then you're like, you're that guy. You can be that guy. Either you're tall or you're buff and tall or you're really, really tall. <laughs> like, it's always the big, beefy men who get a shot in, in wrestling. So Chris Benoit wins, and earlier that match, he was the main event. He wins the title. Earlier that match, or earlier that WrestleMania, Eddie Guerrero defends his title against Kurt Angle and keeps his WWE championship. And Eddie and Chris are like best friends too. Like real best friends in real life kind of thing. So much so, you know. And uh, after he wins the title, Eddie comes out and... And this is like this is like one of the most emotional moments in in wrestling history that I had ever seen. Like these two brothers are 
hugging and there's confetti in the air. They're both crying. Everybody's cheering. Everybody in the crowd is electric for these guys because they know what it means to be a smaller guy and make it. And these guys were both champs. And they had been grinding since WCW. They had been grinding since Japan. They had been grinding. And they finally get to the highest stage, the highest moment, the highest stakes, and they make it. And the, and the matches that they had for it were good, man. Like, these are good. And they all deserved it. So that's number three. Number two, I got to give it to Stone Cold versus The Rock, WrestleMania 17. WrestleMania 15 was their first one. Actually, let me set the stage. Because two, my two, I have a 2A and 2B. My two is... Stone Cold versus The Rock, WrestleMania 17, and my 1A, or my 1B, because it's not my favorite, but it's it's tied with, no, 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 it's my 2A, 2B, because number one is my number one. My 2A is Stone Cold versus The Rock 2, which is WrestleMania 17, and 2B is, which I like more, is Stone Cold versus The Rock 3, WrestleMania 19. Two different stakes. When Stone Cold first beat The Rock in WrestleMania 15, The Rock was Vince McMahon's guy. He's a clean-cut professional. Everybody loves him. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Nobody loves him. Everybody in the, the corporate people love him. Uh, Vince McMahon's evil. He hates Stone Cold. He does everything he can to stop Stone Cold. Stone Cold represents the everyday working man. Back in the 90s, like Stone Cold could literally piss on anyone. And he, okay, not anyone, anything, and people would cheer for it. He would go in the ring, break bottles of, or cans of beer open, sip them, get drunk in the ring. Everybody's cheering for him, man, woman, and child. And you couldn't stop Stone Cold back then. And <clears throat> when WrestleMania 15 came and he beat him, um, great moment. This was a great moment. Great match, too. But WrestleMania 17 this was two years had passed and time had changed. The Rock is a champ. And Stone Cold, he knows his time is dwindling. He has injuries and he needs this. They need to settle the score. They go, they have an interview with Jim Ross, one of the best commentators of all time. Oh my gosh, Lobberknocker! That guy. They're talking about how I respect this man. As a wrestler, I respect what he brings to the ring, but I don't quite like this guy. I don't care about this guy. I could give a damn about this guy. And Stone Cold, specifically Stone Cold says, you have that belt, but you don't understand. I need that belt by any way necessary. I need that belt. And it was, he had dead eyes. His eyes were dead set on in the Rock's eyes and that intensity he was driving in. I need that belt. You don't know what that meant, but fast forward, they're having the wrestling match of the world. Like this is this would have been number one if my number one never happened. This would have been my number one. No, this would have been my number two anyway because number one is my number one Be for sentimental reasons. But this is my number one, my number two. Great match. This is uh, this match is going well. The Rock's winning. Vince McMahon comes out. The Rock hits the, the people's elbow on Stone Cold. And the Rock hits the people's elbow on Stone Cold. And the ref goes one, two, and Vince pulls the Rock off of him. And nobody knows what's going on. Everybody's confused. 
everybody's confused. The announcer's like, what's going on? What is going on? <laughs> like, what's really going on? Stone Cold, um, during all this commotion, stuns The Rock and pins him. One, two, he kicks out. Vince gives Stone Cold a chair. And Stone Cold starts beating the piss out of The Rock. Stuns him and pins him. One, two, three. Two years later. Like, we're talking two years later. WrestleMania 15, there was no rivalry bigger than Stone Cold versus Vince McMahon, the boss. Two years later, a two-year-older Stone Cold, and these are wrestling years. So that goes fast for people back then, at least with Stone Cold, because he had a lot of injuries. He teams up with Vince McMahon? Like, what? Like, what are we... What? What? <laughs> like what, what? What are we talking about? That's like when Undercover works for the Undercover Brother. If y'all remember that movie, Undercover Brother works with the man. <laughs> like, wait, what? Like, you're not supposed to do that. Like, you're you're literally not supposed to do that. You're Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, like you're you're the rattlesnake. Like, you're volatile. Now you're working with Vince. Everybody hated that. I was crushed. I was crushed. I was crushed. I was crushed. If Stone Cold beat him clean. You already know bygones be bygones. Like, this is a great match. And then this happens, I'm crushed. Um, Then the coming months, and I'm leading it into my 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 1B. The coming months, uh, you know, The Rock goes to Hollywood. A year passes by. Another year passes by. You know, and this is like Stone Cold is having, Stone Cold is having injuries and all this in real life. And so he, his quality of uh, matches, uh, he's not having as many matches as he used to. Um, he's no showing events. He's get he got fired for not showing up to um, to Brock Le- to fight Brock Lesnar. Uh, he really just didn't show up to the arena. He got fired. He comes back. WrestleMania nineteen. Um, WrestleMania nineteen. Uh, this was this was 03. And this is the end of an era. Like, The Rock is talking, he comes back to Hollywood, and he comes back, I mean, he comes back from Hollywood, and he talks about how he doesn't need the fans anymore because he's got his own fans in Hollywood. So you already know he's a bad guy. Stone Cold's the good guy again. Coming out and talking about, you don't talk bad about the fans. And, like, they say, let's do it one more time. Let's go one more time. Let's go. They have that match. This is, and you can tell Stone Cold really can't give the quality of match he can anymore because he's had so many injuries. He's got like the leg braces, you know, like he's not, he and he's just not, he's just not the same. And <clears throat> you can just tell The Rock is beating the piss out of this man. He beats the piss out of him. He even Stone Cold stunners him. Like, he's doing all these moves to him. Um, The Rock does the Rock. I mean, Stone Cold does the Rock bottom on him, though. He's coming back. They come back. And in the heat of the moment, Stone Cold messes up. The Rock gets that people's elbow. The Rock bottom, people's elbow. One, two, three. The Rock finally got his win over Stone Cold. He won the last one. And I love this match because... Even though this isn't the better match, because the second match is the, uh, like, the first match, 
Mm. First match is crazy. The second match was the better match between the first and second. But the third match meant so much. This is the end of the Attitude Era. Like, these are the two giants leaving. This was Stone Cold's last match. He never had a match ever again. This was 03. He never had a match ever again after this. And this means so much because this is the end of every... Like, this was... um, I was coming of age, though. So, this is 03, right? Um, I am seven years old. No, no, I'm eight years old. Yeah, I'm eight. This is 03. Uh, I've been watching wrestling. I know these guys, and I didn't grow up with these guys, though. Well, I, I'm growing up with these guys. I didn't grow up with these guys. I'm growing up with these guys. I look up to these guys, and this era's over. Now this era's over, and now we're ushering in the era that I grew up in. <clears throat> we're going to 2004. For for a uh, for a caption because we're ending this soon. We're ending this soon. Number five, Eddie vs. Ray. Number four, Undertaker vs. Shawn. Number three, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Christopher Benoit. Number two, Stone Cold vs. The Rock. Number one, B. Rock vs. Stone Cold three, WrestleMania nineteen, and my number one favorite match of all time. It was Eddie Guerrero. Versus Brock Lesnar, No Way Out, 2004. Eddie Guerrero had a story, man. This guy in 2001, in 2000 actually, he shows up to work, pilled up, addicted to painkillers. They send him to rehab. He comes back in 2001. Changed man, but not for long. He gets in a car accident. He gets in a bad car accident, really. He does. It's a serious accident. And he... Basically, the WWE just fires him. They just say, you're out. Like, you, you can't do this anymore. You're out. The year 2003 or 2002 and three, Eddie's grinding. Like, he's grinding. He's in the independent scene. He's in Japan. He's everywhere, and he's get he's doing the works, and he's letting people in these like, in these smaller organizations beat him. He just wants to show he can give a good match, and he's and these people are beating him. He's losing to these people who are less than him. Like usually wrestlers that come from other organized from the WWE, when they go to these smaller organizations, they're the champ of these organizations. Eddie's not doing that. He's letting other people shine. Like people are winning, he's losing. And WWE notices what's going on, and they give him another chance because he's clean again. He goes to rehab again, and he's really clean. He really was clean for the rest of his time. He really was clean from, I mean, his addiction ended in, like, 02, 03. He really was clean. He wins a battle royale or a battle royal for the number one contender of the the WWE um, Undisputed Championship, which was Brock Lesnar. He wins the number one contender through a battle royal, and he shows up, and he talks about how he's going to fight Brock. Brock is talking about how you're just an addict, and you're lucky to even be here, and you suck kind of thing. And like I said about Eddie, you're messing with his orgullo mexicano right now. Like you're, you're really, You're really talking down to the man. He says, you know what? I am an addict. I get high when I hear the roar of these fans. I get high when I'm in the match. And he, and he says, I'm addicted to the heat. 
And like that's where that shirt came from too. Addicted to the heat. Classic shirts, man. Classic shirts. These guys go at it. Brock Lesnar is handling Eddie Guerrero because Brock Lesnar is a beast. This man is a beast. He handles people. He is he's brolic. He is nasty. He handles people. Brock Lesnar does the F5 on Eddie. Goldberg comes in and hits him with a chair. This is like towards the end of the match. Hits him with a chair. Eddie pins him. One, two, kicks out. That's not how you're going to beat Brock. He knew he had to beat him the right way. No cheating this time. He tried his cheating ways earlier in the match and nothing would work. His cheating ways. Eddie Guerrero hits Brock with a missile drop kick. Top rope drop kick. And then he climbs on the top rope and he does the frog splash. That legendary move of his. Pins him. One, two, three. This is like... This is everything, bruh. This is, when you talk about Stone Cold, like people saying, you know what? I'm not even going to say that because it's coming up, my five favorite wrestlers. Like, this is everything. The little guy won. This was his first major title in the WWE. This was his first major title, period. Like, his first. And he was grinding forever. And this is back when... Back when little guys really weren't worried about, like, people didn't worry about you. People didn't, like, the companies didn't care about you. You ain't six foot five. You don't look like Hulk Hogan. We don't care about you. You ain't Stone Cold. You ain't The Rock. Like, they didn't care about these guys. And Eddie Guerrero, with his talent, like, and he grinded, and he did it. And this was a, this is a moment, bro. Like, this is it. This was the moment, like, this was the moment that made me love wrestling, bro. This was it. And with that, I go into my top five wrestlers. I'm going to go into my top five. Okay, so top five. My, my number five is Brock Lesnar. You already know why. He's the beast. He was the youngest um, heavyweight champion in the WWE. And he he beat The Undertaker one-on-one and beat his streak, his WrestleMania streak. He is a beast. He was a big guy, and a lot of people hate him. And a lot of people hate on him because he didn't he doesn't like wrestle like that. And when he used to have the title back in like in two years ago, two, three years ago, he had the title, but he wouldn't wrestle often. But he was like it's because he was such a draw and stuff. And he went into the UFC. He actually became a champ. Sure, this is a UFC in its infancy when it comes down to it. Because it was a lot of scrubs in the UFC and an old man, Randy Couture, who was way too small for Brock Lesnar, let's be honest. And he got destroyed by Cain Velasquez when it came down to it. But he became a champion. That is not something everybody could say. That's actually something a lot of people cannot say. It, more people can say they weren't champ than were. Let's just say that. But yeah, Brock Lesnar. Triple H, because Triple H was just the guy you hated back then. I loved to hate him. But when you loved him, when he was with Shawn Michaels doing the DX, you loved to love him. And he is the game. And that's plain and simple. Some like... I mean, I only said five of my favorite matches, but Triple H might be on that list way more if we're talking top 20. We're talking top 20. He's taken a good bit of that top 20. He is the wrestler of my generation. I think so. He is one of the wrestlers of my generation. Number three, The Rock. This guy only wrestled for seven years before he went into Hollywood and has been, and he, and people still call him The Rock. People don't just call him Dwayne Johnson. People ain't just calling him Dwayne Johnson. They're calling him The Rock. They're saying Dwayne The Rock Johnson. 
and, and I feel like that's enough said. <laughs> that's enough said. Enough said. He was the world's most electrifying man in sports entertainment history. His feud with Stone Cold, which is my number two on the list, he this is a feud that has never been replicated. This is the best feud of all time. Plain and simple. Number two is Stone Cold. He was my favorite wrestler growing up. He was my favorite wrestler before my number one. And I think everybody knows who my number one is by now. Stone Cold is like, he was like the everyman, that blue collar man. And he he takes nothing from nobody. And it's so cool, obviously. But number one was really the everyman. For me, well, not really. Because <laughs> I, I eh, kind of... He, he really was the everyman, except for the lying, cheating, and stealing. I'm talking about Eddie Guerrero. This is the number one wrestler to me. This man, I mean, he overcame addiction, man. He overcame addiction and got to the top of the mountain. Like Stone Cold, he just overcame being slighted and this and that and the boss and then and came on top defying the odds. But this man defied real personal odds, his real demons that he had. He really conquered them and did something with his life through that. Like, man, when I, I remember when Eddie died, bro. Eddie died in 05. You you don't even understand how sad I was, bruh. Like, you don't even understand. Eddie Guerrero, when I played with my toys, he was always champ. He was, he, like, you don't even understand, bruh. Eddie Guerrero, man, rest in peace, Eddie Guerrero. You already know, like, he, you, you know, you know the vibes. You know the vibes. Eddie Guerrero is the best wrestler of all time to me. And, and if we did top 20, obviously, you know, some of these other guys come in. But the number one wrestler in my eyes was Eddie Guerrero. This was the wrestler that I grew up with. When this man went, when he was facing JBL on a regular episode of SmackDown, and you're not getting this anymore, straight up, this man in a cage match against JBL, he's going to do a frog splash on him and win. He decides, he looks at the crowd, and he climbs up the cage and says, I'm going to do it from up here. He flies 20, 20, 25 feet in the air, jumps and, and, and does the frog splash on JBL. And the crowd erupts like this man erupts. Not to mention the comedy he gave, like just the cheating he would do. Like he would slam the chair on the ground when the, when the referee wasn't looking, slam the chair, throw the chair out and fall to the ground and act like uh, the other dude hit him and the other dude would get disqualified. Like this guy, he always did the tricks. He always did the tricks. And for that... Eddie Guerrero is my number one, and that's how we're going to end this podcast. This has been V Forever. Follow me on V Forever Network on Instagram, Young V Forever on Twitter. Email me at youngvforever at gmail.com, YouTube, V Forever, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You already know what it is. This was V Forever. And remember, we are all marks. Chill. Actually, no, I don't want to say chill. Yeah. <laughs> Peace. Forever.